Oh boy, guys. Or, uh, hello, Summoners. I'm your host, Ponderous Sea Lion, and welcome to League of Legends Radio. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Anyways, uh, some uh, sort of exciting news is that this is the uh, first episode that will be done exclusively in Adobe Audition. Yeah, round of applause, please, please, thank you, thank you. I I deserve that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the reason for that is because I have combined my gaming setup with my recording setup. And the reason for that is that when I start live streaming and video recording and doing all that kind of stuff, it makes sense to have all of it consolidated in one place on one computer. Um, now that being said, the old laptop that I was using to edit is the, they don't make the software that I was using to edit anymore. And so it's like, well, I guess I should probably, you know, use software from this decade now, uh, to edit. And so that's kind of where I'm at. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff. It's, uh, making it sound, uh, you know, crispy. It's a really... It gives a really crispy sound to uh to everything. Actually, you're probably not going to notice a difference. Um, this show is very minimally edited, and I don't get to use a lot of the toys that uh, Audition provides. So, you know, that's less fun. Um, now, that being said, you probably notice that there's not going to be an intro, and there's not really going to be transition effects, because I don't have those. Um, those were also on the software. So until I can import them from that software onto my computer, which will, you know, should be by next episode, um, those will be absent just from this episode. So there's no welcome back to League of Legends Radio from the heart of Terra, And there's no, you know, awesome, sick music at the beginning. But, um, you know, it's it's all good. It's all good. Uh, okay, well, I was talking about something important, I'm sure, at one point. Uh, yeah, I guess let's, like, get into the episode and stuff. So, for, by the way, the audio, like I said, it's my first time using Audition, and I wasn't getting static on the intro and the outro, but, oh, and by the way, I lost pretty much the entire, this recording already, um, so that was fun. I'm, this is the second time recording this information. Um, but yeah, for some reason there's a lot of static. So the audio quality, because I have to remove that static, and I'm not really familiar with the software, audio quality might be a little bit lower for this segment. So sorry about that. I'm really, I'm I'm trying here. <laughs> I really am. Um, but just so you guys are aware of that, and that's also you know delaying the release of this episode a little bit. Um, mm, that being said, so. Last week I talked about, you know, poorly designed champions. <laughs> Echo. Don't even have to be subtle. You know what? Scream it from the rooftops. Fuck Echo. Um, but that being uh, said, that very important um, sentiment being outlined, uh, this week I wanted to talk about what makes for good champion design. And I think I've mostly narrowed it down to one thing, and that's windows of reaction and opportunity for the enemy team as well as windows of opportunity for your character to kick some ass and do exactly what you want to do. And the way that that's achieved is by giving champions well-defined strengths and well-defined weaknesses. Um, 
some people would hear that and think that that kind of makes them two-dimensional to an extent, but it really isn't. Uh, the game's so deep and complex with 130 champions, and you have to know how your character interacts with every single other one. The game does not get two-dimensional. Every game of League of Legends is different. Um, so I don't think that's a uh, an argument that uh, should a lot of stock should be put in into. That was easy for me to say. Um, but, yeah, that being said, uh, can I give some examples of this? And for the first example, let's look at the bot lane. We'll look at Lulu. And, you know, Lulu, she's not been in the meta for a while. She received a lot of nerfs because of her uh, solo laning capabilities. But for the sake of this argument, kind of like I looked at Echo as more of a mid laner last week, because that's what he was intended to be, a mid lane AP assassin mage kind of guy. I'm going to look at Lulu as a support in the bottom lane. And so for that, what are Lulu's strengths and weaknesses? So her strengths are that she's got pretty solid poke and trading. Uh, she can buff up her AD carry and keep them safe. That's pretty much what Lulu does. And she's pretty good at it in a lot of cases. Some cases not so much, but she does a pretty okay job for the most part. And what are her weaknesses? Well, in lane, she's very susceptible to early ganks. She's susceptible to poke and sustain champions to an extent. Uh, sure, she's got some poke of her own, but there are some matchups that are pretty hard for her, like Morgana. Um, it can be somewhat hard to peel early game against stuff like Leona. She usually does a pretty good job of it, but it just it can be a difficulty. And it's really hard for her to win trades against, you know, Laners like Sona and Soraka who can, you know, go do an even trade and then just heal back up. Lulu doesn't have any heals, so that's a big weakness for her. Now, because of this, she's rewarded with being one of the best peel champions in the game after level 6 and later on as the game progresses. It, if you abuse her early game, which is not the best if she's in a support setting, um, and if you counterpick her... And if you pick champions that are good against her, like these poke champions, if you play assassins against Lulu, you're probably not going to have a good time. She is a very good anti-assassin champion, similar to Janna. Um, if you pick the correct champions and pick your windows of opportunity, know when she's weak, know when she's strong, you're going to be able to do a lot against her. Now, she, of course, has options. She can still outplay you and she can still do stuff. But for the most part, if you pick your windows of opportunity correctly, you will have the advantage, and that's big. That's really big. And so knowing that, you have to know how to play against her. You have to, if you don't know how to play against her already, you have to kind of figure it out on the fly. Okay, what can I do? When is she weakest? When is she strongest? Et cetera, et cetera. And you have to really be able to zero in on those moments that you have, that you have the advantage. And if you don't go for those, and Lulu does go for her windows of opportunity, then yeah, you're going to get stomped. She's going to definitely be able to do her job, do what she wants to do, and probably steamroll you. And that's the way that it should be because, you know, she abused her character more than you abused her. And that's, that's, she deserves to win. She played better. And there's a lot of champions, a lot of the older ones especially, that are like this. Another good example is Dr. Mundo. Um, now, typically when Dr. Mundo's in the meta, it's when defensive items are just ridiculously good uh like thorn mail spirit visage war mogs etc when those items are strong you're gonna 
probably see some Mundo unless he's in a not so good spot um, in his balance. But what can you do against Dr. Mundo? Okay, well, you can pick peel supports such as Lulu and try to keep him off your AD carry. You can uh, take percent health damage, champions like Vayne. Vayne has a great time against Dr. Mundo in a lot of cases. Now, if he's super fed and the Vayne is behind, he can still win, which, I mean, typically champions that are behind, you know, should get punished for that because usually if you're behind, you fucked up. <laughs> or they specifically did things like abuse your windows of opportunity huh, to put you behind. And so they deserve to have some breathing room against you. And... But but as a general rule, Vayne and other, you know, tank-shredding champions like maybe Malzahar have a good time against Dr. Mundo. And that's the way that it should be. You know, rock, paper, scissors. That's League of Legends. <laughs> um, but that being said... Oh, he's, uh, he's also very susceptible to Morella Namicon and Executioner's Calling and whatever armor item it... or armor pen item it upgrades into... So there's a there are things you can do against Dr. Mundo. Now, when a Dr. Mundo plays well, abuses his power spikes, and knows when he's strong, it's oftentimes that he can distract an entire team for, you know, 10 seconds by himself. If you're playing Dr. Mundo against a low damage comp, uh, maybe like a triple tank comp or something, like, yeah, three tanks are going to be able to peel Dr. Mundo, but how much focus are you putting on him? If you've got, like, Ezreal and... Syndra, and those are your two damage dealers, how long is it going to take them to kill Dr. Mundo? How much effort are they going to have to expend that could be spent hitting other targets? That's what you've got to think about when you're playing Dr. Mundo. How much effort is it going to take the enemy team to take me down, and how much damage can I cause before that point? And if you know that, and if you really know your boundaries, and if you pick into a favorable situation, like a low damage team comp, those are... It's absolutely nightmarish trying to deal with Dr. Mundo on a low damage team comp, you know, when he's playing well. He's not in the best spot right now, but a couple months ago, well, more than a couple, like six months ago, actually back when Yi was good, uh, I also played a lot of Dr. Mundo, <laughs> and uh, especially at the, that land tournament that I got a pentakill in, I played Dr. Mundo like three or four games at that land tournament, and there would be times that I would just be 1v4ing at, for, you know multiple seconds, like six, seven, eight seconds just of me 1v4ing the enemy team. Like Obviously, I wasn't killing anyone, but they weren't killing me either, and that's what you want to do as Dr. Mundo. That's that's how you win. You draw attention, kind of like Udyr. You know, Udyr constantly split-pushing, constantly getting waves. Um, Dr. Mundo does that in a different way. He does it by, you know, running up into their face and saying, if you don't hit me, I'm going to kill your AD carry. Uh, but if you hit me, you're probably going to kill yourself on Thornmail. So yeah, you're not going to have a good time regardless. Uh, now, if you put him behind, like I said, he's a very item-dependent champion. And he doesn't offer a lot of CC. Like, people, I don't want to say mistakenly classify him as a tank, but somewhat mistakenly classify him as a tank because he's a fighter, really. He doesn't offer huge CC. He doesn't offer AoE, engage, anything. He just has a ton of health and... He has, for that amount of health and tanky stats that he has, a lot of damage. And that's about it. He has, like, one slow, and that's about it. And the items that you can build to counter him, like, one of them costs, like, 800 gold. And you can, you've just halved the usefulness of his spirit visage, 
of his if he's got a warmogs, although because the healing effect only really works outside of combat, it's not really the work for that, but you know what I mean. Uh, of his ultimate, which is a huge part of his kit, you have really diminished the value that he gets as a champion by just buying that item. Now, say that your AD carry is playing on autopilot mode, and instead of buying an Executioner's Calling, they buy a Zeal. Well, that decision, or lack of a decision, you know, them just buying an item, th there was no decision to be made. It was like, okay, I got my Infinity Edge, time to get a Zeal. That was it. It wasn't them making an educated decision of, okay, well, they've got a strong Dr. Mundo on their team. I definitely need to shut down his healing. It's just them, eh, whatever. And that's, if that's your mentality, then you deserve to get, you know, a Dr. Mundo running at you from the bush at 500 movement speed, healing 200 damage per second. It, you didn't think about it. You didn't play around what tools you've got to stop him. And that's what makes good game design is both sides trying to outplay each other and actively thinking ahead of when do I have the advantage? When can I go in? What can I do? Not just being oppressed in your lane. Now, there are lane bully champions that oppress you, but not just being oppressed by a champion's kit to the point of not feeling like you can do anything. That's one of the big problems that I have with LeBlanc is that as a jungler, I almost never feel confident ganking a LeBlanc because she's got, theoretically, she's got five dashes. She's got WW, RR if she uses that. Um, and her flash. And what the hell do you do against that? I mean, yeah, two of the dashes are in a specific location um, that you can obviously see. But it, it, it's just, it's very overwhelming and daunting. Plus, she's got that lane bully factor. So, champions that are lane bullies and that are also, you know, really hard to kill and really hard to catch, which is actually a surprising amount of them, can be really frustrating to deal with. Now, some of them, they still have their areas of weakness, but... It's just a more smothering play style than an actual, you know, cerebral outplay, think about the game on a deeper level play style. And that's where my problem comes in. Um, with Dr. Mundo and Lulu, just as the examples that I use, they don't really smother you to death. Um, Lulu support, that is. Lulu top and mid, especially in the top lane. Yeah, kind of sometimes. But um, for treating her as a support, then that's not really what she does. It doesn't feel oppressive to play against her and Dr. Mundo can feel oppressive if he like I said plays to his specific win conditions and then it's still not you know the game's not over just because Dr. Mundo's fed um yeah so I wasn't as specific in this episode as I was last time um was spoken a little bit more general terms but that's what I think constitutes good game design is the level of interactivity and thoughtfulness going behind each action. So, uh, hope you guys found that uh, interesting. And if you agree with me, if you disagree with me, you know, send it over to my Twitter if you want to call me a boosted animal for being late on this episode because I'm trying to use Audition. And also, it was a three-day weekend, and I thought today was Wednesday. And then I was like, ooh, today's Thursday. Whoops. <laughs> uh, mistakes were made. That, that was, uh, that's my bad. And then I lost, like I said, I lost all the audio, and it's like, okay, that's not fun. But, excuses aside, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hopefully I can get rid of this goddamn static before I lose my mind, because you guys don't want that, right? That would be no fun. Or have I already lost my mind, and you don't even know it? <laughs> Good times. Alright guys, and that just about wraps it up for... 
this episode of League of Legends Radio. Um, I guess some more announcements, kind of. Uh, first thing is that I am just brutally abusing the American public education system right now. I just completed my uh, entire year of senior English in three days, so I don't think you're supposed to be able to do that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's good stuff, I promise. <laughs> I'm getting a quality education. Anyways, so that's fun. Uh, I'm enjoying that. Uh, I should be done with school in less than two weeks from the time of this episode releasing, and then I can do more stuff that's fun. And um, the other thing that I was going to say is Patreon stuff. And huge shout-out to my three patrons so far. It's been a week, and I've gotten three, and it might sound like I'm unhappy about that, but I assure you I am very happy about that. I didn't expect to get any in the first week. So thank you so much to my uh, three patrons. I got $15, which is actually above the maximum reward amount so you know huge shout out uh from isgpa um don't know who that is but uh if you're listening which i hope you are thank you very much for your uh your support i got ten dollars from jay mason and i got ten dollars from russell waters who was my first patron so russell you the real mvp because uh, as everyone knows well, not everyone knows. I guess I shouldn't say it like that, but it's always the hardest to go from zero to one because if you've ever been on a someone's Patreon page or a page like that and you see that nobody has pledged yet, you're just kind of like, eh, this seems kind of sketchy. I don't know if I can trust them, but uh, he made the leap and that's not even like, like I was just going to get people that I know to do it so that it looks like I'm getting all these pledges and then, you know, so people would be more likely to do it because that's just, you know, a normal thing to do. A lot of people do it with iTunes reviews. Of course I didn't, you know, I would never, uh, <laughs> but, but then someone like an actual person did it and it was like, oh, that is a pleasant surprise. Thank you. So, uh, so thank you, man. And, uh, just to reiterate the, um, prizes, I guess, or what are they supposed to be called? Rewards? <laughs> prizes. <laughs> I don't think that's what you're supposed to call them. The rewards, uh, we're all about correct verbiage on League of Legends Radio. Um, but for $5, you get an extra episode of League of Legends Radio every month. And I f think I'm going to send that out on the first of each month, ideally, because that's when, um, you know, cards get charged on Patreon. It's the first of every month. So it makes sense to, like, check, okay, this person's card got charged. Yep, 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 yep. And then send it to all those email addresses and do it that way so that gets you you know instead of four or five episodes per month that's five or six episodes per month eh? pretty fun pretty fun and then for ten dollars i will add you on my smurf account which i will be leveling once i graduate from high school and the reason for that is because i want to buy the 14 day experience and ip boost and then just play on that account and I'd rather be able to play the maximum number of games on that account as I can so that I can maximize my boost, so that I can get the most stuff, so that I can have a really pimped out Smurf account, you know? Um, yes. So, a couple weeks, that account, in less than a month, that account should be level 30. And then I will be down to play ranked with you guys, if uh, as long as we're in the same, you know, bracket. And... 
Dan, this is like the third week in a row that I've dragged out the outro for hours, but uh, <laughs> my bad about that. Um, like I said, I won't keep you waiting, and I hope you guys continue to enjoy League of Legends Radio, and I'll catch you on the flippity flop. This has been League of Legends Radio.